Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. Good morning. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Christian. I am the other pastor here at PCTR. And today we are continuing our summer sermon series, Who's On First? Um, based on that um, old comedy routine where there's the mix-up of names. And we're using this as an opportunity to talk about the many names of God. And we've heard about several along the way. Um, I am... Uh, God of peace, uh, the Lord who heals, and we're going to look at another one of these names. I'll talk about it in a minute, but I was thinking about um, the name this week, and I wanted to, it's around the holiness of God, and I put out there on social media a question to see what people would have to say about the holiness of God, and and sensing a holy presence. And so I, I asked the question, Where have you sensed a holy presence? And it was fascinating to see the variety of answers that came forward. There was answers about worshiping and singing in a church service. There was someone that talked about a special dream conveying God's love and encouragement. Several people talked about the passing of a loved one and sensing that there was a holy presence there in the midst of that as their loved one finished their earthly life and joined Christ. There was also those who talked about going out into nature and going to paint and sensing uh, the holy presence there around a sublime sunset or sunrise or something like that. There's a variety of different answers that people have for this. I remember um, one of the first times that I really sensed a holy presence, I was um, in high school and had gone on a trip to Paris, France. And uh, while there, I went to that island in the middle of the Rhine River. And uh, there's Notre Dame, that cathedral there, but there's another church nearby, just a few blocks away, that looks like this. And we have a photo of it for you. You can see it. I walked into St. Chapel and just had an amazing kind of sensing of God's presence. And you walk into the space, and you are just enveloped by these, this stained glass. And uh, there's another angle of it, another picture. If you were to look up, this is what it's like, and it gives you the sense that you are completely enveloped. And being in that place and realizing that for hundreds of years, God's people have come and worshiped and prayed in that space. And I sensed a holy presence there. I also remember another time when, uh, also as a high school student, I was on the coast of British Columbia at a camp, like our youth went to a camp recently, and I was making a decision for Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I remember being there on the inner dock, and in the water there was um, this tide that has bioluminescence, these little creatures that put off light when they're stirred up. And I remember being able to run my hand through it, and the light was 
coming and it was raining and as the raindrops hit it, there was this light. And in the midst of that, and considering the story of what Jesus had done and how he loved me so much and how I made a decision at that point, I sensed a holy presence in that place. In the Bible, we, we see um, things like this. We can remember Moses and the burning bush in the book of Exodus, where he sees this burning bush. He's, Moses, at this point, is a shepherd, and he sees a bush that's burning but is not consumed, and so he goes aside to see it. And the word comes from God to take off his sandals, to take off his shoes, which I always find interesting. It's not necessarily pointed out, but that means that Moses they're on this holy land, holy ground. That's why he's told to take his shoes off. That means he's in the dirt. He's standing there in the dirt. And that act is an act of reverence, um, which seems kind of funny when you think about it, but it's an act of showing devotion to God that, that his, this place is set aside and God is revealing himself in an amazing way. And so we're talking about this idea of the holiness, and what, what does that mean in biblical terms? There, there's a few different meanings, and I want to just take a look at them. One is to be set apart. To be holy is a place or a thing or a time or a person that's set apart for something. This worship space that we have here is called a sanctuary. And the word sanctuary comes from sanctus, or literally to make holy. And it's, it's, it's a place set aside, dedicated for the worship of God. And holy is, um, picks up or contains that idea that it is a, a something set apart, um, no longer just common space or a common time or a common person, but it's someone set aside uh, for a particular purpose. That is holy. But there's also the idea of holy that it is something that's perfect or transcendent, spiritually pure, evoking um, adoration or reverence. And this most directly applies to God, that as people come into the presence of God, they sense a holy presence. Think of I. Isaiah, the prophet, in chapter 6, when he comes into the temple to, to pray after the king had passed away, and he is there, and he has this vision of God seated on his throne, and the train of his robe fills the whole sanctuary. And, um, and there are angels, seraphs there uh, around that. And Moses, I'm sorry, Isaiah has this reaction. He says, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I have lived among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Having come into the holy presence of God, he realizes who God is in a, in a very um, clear-eyed way and realizes that he is completely other and doesn't even deserve to be in the presence of God. And the passage goes on and deals with that. All this has to do with the idea of holy, and holy is at the heart of our, the name that we have here today. The name that we're looking at is Yahweh Makadesh, which means that the Lord sanctifies you. And like sanctuary, sanctify is makes you holy, 
the Lord who makes you holy. Which is an amazing idea that God would make us holy, that we might be a people of unclean lips, a part of a, 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 a world that is unclean, but God makes us holy and invites us in. God wants to live in us. His Holy Spirit dwell in us. And if God's going to dwell in us, God does not come into unclean places. He wants to come into a clean, a purified, set-apart place that reflects his character. And so he makes us holy. Our passage talks about this and, and more. Let's take a look at our passage today. It is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. Listen for God's word for us today. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For... All people are like grass, and all the glory is, for all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would be here and would open it up to us, that we would come to see you with fresh eyes, with eyes that can um, per perceive what it is that we can of your holiness, your love, your grace, and your mercy. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. While on the missions trip, um, something happened for, uh, for several of us on that missions trip because uh, um, several of us are Caucasians, and we went to a place where it was not a tourist part of Mexico. In fact, we didn't, for a week, we did not really see any Caucasians other than ourselves. And that started to change our perspective, and, and we came to see ourselves not as part of the majority, but actually as guests, as foreigners in that place. 
visiting, um, not living permanently, but, but being there with them. And when we came out of that space and went to a tourist town called San Cristobal, we again saw some, a lot of Western Europeans and some people from the United States, and we saw Caucasians again, and it, it, changed, it was almost jarring, uh, and it was changing our perspective again. Our passage picks up on this experience, this idea of not being in the majority, but being foreigners in a land, residing for a time, but it's not our final home. It's not where our citizenship is, that we are sojourners on a journey, going forth. And uh, this passage that Peter gives us through the Holy Spirit is saying that we are sojourners, and that we are called to be transformed and not stay as we are, but to be transformed, to be holy as God is holy. And as sojourners, we are called on to have certain attributes, certain qualities. It talks about in our passage that we would have minds awake and sensible, and that we would put our hope not in the things of this world, not in the things that we do or that we have or that we are, but put our confidence in God. And as we do, we should no longer conform to the life that we have had previously, but we should be transformed to be more like God and ultimately to be like Christ, that we would be transformed. And that call, that lifting of that passage from the Old Testament, from Leviticus here into this passage, be holy as God is holy. And as we heard in that earlier passage um, read by Amanda, there's this idea that God is making us holy, transforming us. It's an ongoing process that starts when we become a, uh, a Christian, when we, we own our faith. I don't know if that's at confirmation. I don't know if a decision comes at different points in your life um, or it's a growing realization. But once that happens, you start a journey of sanctification. Initially, as Christians, we are justified. We are covered in the, in the blood of Christ. It, re, it reminds me of um, when I used to live in Michigan, and we had those bitterly cold winters. Um, the coldest I ever went out in was negative 24, and that was plenty. I had this big parka, and I, I would have snow pants, and I would have my Sorel boots, and I would have my gloves, and um, I'd have my hood up, and my mask, and my glasses, no skin you did not want any skin showing. It would literally like, it was like a burn. It was horrible. Uh, and so that is like being justified. That when God looks at us, he doesn't see us, that we have nothing that, that is showing. We are covered in the blood of Christ. But under that covering, God is doing something. He is making us holy. He is transforming us. It is a challenge, right? As Christians, are, are we perfect? as God has called us to? Do we live up to all the Ten Commandments? Or um, are in Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount where he says, not only should you externally live out the commandments of God, you need to live them internally. He says, not only should you not murder, but you shouldn't hate someone in your mind. Not only should you not commit adultery, you should um, not even lust a person in your heart or in your mind. Complete holistic holiness, 
transforming us. And under that cover, God is doing something. God wants us in his presence. God wants his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. But he dwells in holy spaces. And so he's making a holy people to be uh, in and work through and to know and to love and to experience the fellowship and the love that's there. And so this God, the God who makes us holy, who sanctifies you, is the God that we are hearing about. I want to close today with um, just an illustration. It's really a quote from A.W. Tozer, who um, was uh, a great uh, pastor and Christian thinker. He has this passage in a book about 100 pianos. Let me, let me read this for you. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meet together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turned their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. The idea here is that as we focus on Christ, we are drawn closer and closer together, that we are transformed. And as we move closer, God makes us more holy in this gradual process, and we become more attuned to one another and closer. Our passage talks about loving each other deeply. Love each other deeply, and as we do that in this way, being attuned and moving closer to Christ, we become more and more holy. God works in us and moves in us and sanctifies us. What a glorious God we have. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. You move in mighty and bold ways. You transform people, people that, Lord, we go our own ways in life. Uh, in ways that seem right to us, and we find ourselves so far from you, so far from the flock. Lord, thank you for drawing us in and transforming us. Keep working in us. Lord, don't give up on us. I know you don't, but sometimes it, it can be worrisome. Don't give up on us. Keep working on us. Keep moving and acting. We thank you that you do. We make this possible through Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.